0: Welcome to the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we explore the interesting lives of business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and others who have a healthy dose of the entrepreneurial spirit. It is time to explore something cool. Now, here is your host, Tom Singer. Hello and welcome to another episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. This is a big one. This is episode number 250. Now, I've told the story before. When I started Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do, I thought I was going to do 50 episodes. I had no idea that this was gonna become sort of an important part of my business. I have interviewed a ton of my clients here on the podcast, and it has allowed me to sort of change up my skill set. One of the things I do now when I serve as a master of ceremonies is I'm able to come on stage after the keynote speakers, and instead of doing Q&A, which you've all been to conferences where the speaker says, are there any questions? And then it's crickets, or you get some weird questions. One of the things I do now is I come out and I will interview the speaker. And we'll do Q&A, but instead of the speaker asking for it and there being crickets, I am always prepared with a series of questions. And I've learned how to interview and I've learned how to think on my feet a little bit more because of this podcast. So to people who've been along for the whole journey, I know there's a handful of people who started listening when I first launched the show. Thank you so much for being a supportive friend to me during this last two and a half years. And here's the deal. I intend to keep Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do going for a lot longer. So today I want to talk about milestones because milestones are important as, as human beings. For some reason, we like to reach goals. We like to sort of check off that box. And that's why I didn't do a special episode where I was talking about milestones at episode 231. I saved it for episode 250 because there seems to be something when we cross certain milestones that gets us excited. We feel like we've achieved things. And so episode 250, it is a milestone for this podcast and for me as the host. And and I'm really proud of the fact that I got to here. As, As I started to say, I started off with the thought of doing 50 episodes. I was at a conference three years ago and I heard a speaker say, if you ever feel that you're in a rut, one of the best things you can do is go out and interview successful people. Go out and interview people in your industry or who inspire you, and you cannot walk away after interviewing 50 people without getting out of your rut and without looking at the world in new ways. And so I originally was going to do this on my blog. At the time, I wrote a lot. My blog doesn't get much attention anymore because Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do gets two episodes a week. But I used to write two to four times a week, and I was going to do these interviews and then write them up. And that was my original plan. However, at the time, two and a half, three years ago, everyone was starting a podcast. So I got involved. I I actually attended the first podcast movement in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And I really went to learn, is the podcast something I can do? I'll be honest with you. I was kind of scared of trying to start a podcast. And one of the reasons was I was afraid I wouldn't be able to do all the technical work and do everything that it took to be able to get the show produced. And so I I sort of went to listen and learn and see what these podcasters were doing. Were there ways to monetize the podcast? And and I'll be honest, there were a lot of people there who came in with the goal of creating a podcast that was going to make them the type of money that John Lee Dumas was making at the time or one of the other sort of guru, really high-end podcasters. And it was actually at that conference where I met some of these people. I met Michael O'Neill, who actually had inspired me with his Solopreneur Hour podcast, that was the podcast that sort of drew me in and got me excited about this idea. And Michael had coached me and helped me with some of the concepts of what I wanted to do when I started the show. I met John Lee Dumas. I met a bunch of other people. Greg Barth was one of the people who I met there. And Greg has been on this show, I I think, twice. If you remember, Greg is the guy who had, you know, totally transformed his his life and his physical appearance and everything, you know, when he was about 40 years old. And Greg went from being kind of a pudgy guy to being one of the most fit mid-40s guys you you've ever seen. I mean, he could go and be a model. I mean, he's got abs of steel and uh, he's been on the show a couple times. He's one of the people who I met there. So I got the chance to meet other people who were out there doing things. They were doing podcasts. And my goal never was to turn this into a big money maker. Now, fortunately, I've made money on it. I've actually been hired to speak at conferences by people who listen to this show or they've referred me to associations that they belong to who have annual conferences. But I attended Podcast Movement just to see if it was something I could do. And one of the best things that happened at Podcast Movement was I met the people From Podfly. So I'm just going to jump in and thank the sponsor of this episode right now because that is Podfly Productions. Now, if you want to start a podcast, if you're thinking, I want to do this, I want to get 250 episodes in, I never could have done this without Podfly Productions. What they do is they set you up with the right training and the right equipment and they help you figure out all the little things you have to do to make a podcast a reality, but then they do all the technical work. They take the show, they do my edits, they add that intro and that bumper at the end, and then they get it posted so that it goes to my blog, so it goes to my website, it goes to iTunes and Stitcher and all the other places that you might have found this to be able to listen to this show. So if you want to start a podcast, and I know some of you do, I have to say, go over to podfly.net slash cool things and check out the offer that they have for the listeners of this show. There are very few vendors that I have worked with in all the time that I have been working for myself that I absolutely will recommend up one side and down the other. And that is Podfly Productions. So anyway, it was at Podcast Movement where I decided I could do this as a podcast and it was gonna be 50 shows and I hoped I was gonna interview interesting people who would inspire me but also inspire the audience. And after I crossed that 50 show mark, I've never looked back. So 250 is a big deal. I just completed the interview with episode 252 with Shauna Suko. And you want to make sure that you listen to that. And one of the things that she said afterwards is she she and I are friends. She knows me because she's also a speaker. She said, I had no idea that you had done 250 shows, which is probably somewhere in the range of 220, 225 actual interviews. And afterwards, she sent me a note that said, wow, you know, I was really impressed with what a great interviewer you have become. I have to tell you, nobody was sending me that type of a note at episode five or episode seven or episode 10. It takes time to be able to build up skills. And that's why a milestone like 250 episodes means so much to me, because anything that you do repetitively, you're going to get better at. So a long time ago, I read an article in Speaker Magazine, which is sort of my ongoing joke that that is proof that there is a magazine for everybody. And there was an article where they interviewed a woman named Roxanne Emmerich. And Roxanne is a legend in the speaking business. And one of the things that she said, and I read this article, gosh, 12 or 14 years ago, she said that in order to get really good, in order to be able to be one of those speakers who can handle anything that happens, you have to give over 300 professional level speeches. Now, I don't remember how she defined a professional level speech. But for me, it always became that you needed an audience of more than 20 or 25 people. And you had to be the featured speaker that they invited. It wasn't you got to stand up at your sales meeting at the office and speak. It wasn't going to your Toastmasters club and giving a five minute speech. You were invited as the expert that a group wanted to come and speak. It didn't really matter If they paid you or not, but you were in that featured role giving a speech either as a keynote or a breakout or whatever. And Roxanne said that if you do 300 of those, you will reach a point where you'll get really good at it. And that's a milestone. And so as I launched my speaking career, even part-time 12 or 14 years ago, that was always my goal. I wanted to get to 300 speeches. And so I tracked, I tracked all the speeches that I gave, how many people were in the audience, what my topic was, how many books the people bought. And over time, I started to get better at that. And that milestone for me was number 300. And when I reached that milestone, I will tell you, I know that I had improved my skills on the platform to a level where I could handle just about anything that happened to me. And about that time, I was giving a speech in a hotel and the hotel had a row of windows, but it was a ballroom situation. And about halfway through my speech, the power went out in the area of the city where I was speaking. And you could just feel it. It was one of those older hotels. And so as the power went down and the air conditioner went out, you could just hear the rumble of the hotel go silent. And I was in the middle of my speech and I kept going and I sort of like, looked, and maybe I drew drew a little attention, but I didn't make a big deal out of it because we still had light because there were windows in the room. And I went on with my speech and right near the end and the timing couldn't have been better. Right about the time that the power came back on and when it came on again, you could feel the rumble of the hotel, the hum of all the electricity running through the building. I was in the middle of a transition. And so I stopped what I was doing, I looked up at the lights, I looked at the audience, I cracked a half a smile and I said, a great speaker illuminates their audience. And the room busted into hysterics. Now, after the speech, a gentleman came up to me and he said, that was really funny. He goes, I have a question for you. Do you have something saved in your mind, like filed away for everything that could possibly happen? Do you have a funny line stored for like, if someone drops a tray or someone falls out of their chair or whatever possibly could happen? And I, I didn't understand what he meant. And he said that line about a great speaker illuminates the audience. Was that preplanned? Well, you, I don't think the idea of the power going out in the middle of a speech ever had crossed my mind. I said, no. And he goes, how were you able to pull that out? How were you able to come up with that? And I said, it's because I've given 300 speeches. Early in my career, if the power had gone out, I would have been nervous. I would have been worried. But because I had that experience, I was able to pull off a line that worked really well. And that's why working towards milestones, working towards numbers where you know that you've reached something important, I believe is something that you should do. You should have goals that you want to continue to improve and set that milestone and then celebrate it. Like I'm doing right now, I am celebrating episode 250. And I hope that you get that I'm doing this from my heart, that I am thrilled that we've gotten to this level. And it's not just, hey, look at me. I've done 250 episodes of my podcast. It's something that I've accomplished that I want to share with other people. So that's the first milestone I want to talk about today. The second milestone is this week, my wife and I celebrated our 25th wedding anniversary. Now, when we got married, we did say we're in this for the long haul. But you all know that the world is crazy. And the success rate of marriages you know, nowadays is really hard. And I won't say that we have had 25 years of wine and roses. It's hard to be married to somebody because we got married young. We were 25 and 23 and we moved across the country together and started our new life in Texas about the same time. And in a way that was a great start because we got away from our families. We got away from all of our friends and all of our past and together we had to build a life. However, we did set out. We said till death do us part. We set out to make this the long run but we know we've all had friends who've you know made bad choices or, or, or had some bumps in the road. So there's no guarantees. And as we approached this 25th wedding anniversary, I was proud of the fact that we did it because I know that it's hard. and I know I'm a pain in the ass. I mean let's face it, you know look at what I do for a living. I'm gone a lot. When we got married, you know, I had a job like everybody else. I was home by six o'clock at night, you know, early on in our marriage. When we first had kids, that's the way it was. But then I got this bug that I wanted to become a professional speaker. And with being a speaker means that you're traveling. I have met very few people who have been able to earn the type of living that I want to earn who are able to do it just in their own city. There's an old saying that the definition of an expert Is anyone with a boarding pass, which means that in order to go and speak, you've got to be willing to get on planes and travel. And this last year, I think I was gone about 120 nights. That's about a third of the year. Now, that's not ideal, but we've made it work. And one of the reasons we've made it work is my wife realizes that what I'm doing, A, I'm good at it. B, I really like to do it. So, so many people go to work and it's a grind and they absolutely hate what they're doing. My wife realizes that I'm happier than I was when I was in corporate America, and so she's willing to make the sacrifice of me being away. Now, we still have a kid who lives at home. My 20-year-old has gone away to college and lives a 1,000 miles away. She doesn't care if I'm home on a Tuesday night or not. But our 15-year-old, she does. You know, she's 15 years old. You know, as you know, there's just a lot of things that go on with being a kid. And here's the other thing. She likes her parents. She likes me. She wants me to be around. But she also realizes, as we said when she was little, when I started traveling more, that this is the way daddy buys the toys. I have to travel in order to make the money. However, my daughter and my wife have to make those sacrifices. And, and a lot of people aren't willing to make those sacrifices to let their spouse follow their dream. And my wife has been willing to to do that. And that's how we've been able to make this milestone. Now, it's still hard. I mean, dealing with another person, we have different hopes and dreams for the world. You know, we got married young, we've, we've got different things that we like. When we go to a big city, I like to sit in a sidewalk cafe and watch the whole world go by. I could sit for hours and just watch people walk by and come by on their bicycles and take their bicycle. And, you know, some people lock it up at a bike rack, other people lean it against a pole and walk away. No, I don't go get on that bike and ride away. But I watch it and I think how interesting that that one person was so meticulous in the way they locked up their bike and they they wrapped the chain around the tires and the frame and they weaved it through. And the next person who came up to go into the same coffee shop just leaned their bike against a pole. I love to watch those little types of interactions of humanity and just imagine what's the motivation of that. My wife, on the other hand, wants to go and see everything that you can see in a city. She wants to visit museums. I can make it through like the Metropolitan Museum of Art in a couple of hours. She needs a whole week to go through because she'll stand in front of one painting. Now, I'm not right and she's not wrong or vice versa. The reality to this is, is that we just view the world differently, which means we have to be willing to make sacrifices for one another. We have to be willing to put the other person first a lot of the times. And I don't know how we were able to do it. Like I said, it hasn't always been easy, but I'm really proud of the fact that we made it to 25 years and somebody wished us in 25, you know, and, and here's to 25 more. And I thought, oh my gosh, how old will we be in 25 more? And then I realized I'll only be 75. That's not even old by today's standards. Hell, my dad lived to be 99 years old. You know, by that range, we could actually go 50 more years. Now, that would be a milestone to be married 75 years and still have her like me most of the days. So I wanted to take this time since I was talking about milestones and since this week was our 25th wedding anniversary to publicly say thank you to my wife for everything that she's done to let me follow my dream and let me be able to have my business and let me be able to do the podcast. And every Monday night, I host The Potential Project, which is my group coaching program. And eight o'clock central time, I get on a Zoom call, and everybody who's part of the program joins in, or maybe not everybody every week, but they join in, and we have a conversation about what people are doing to to get more out of their business life, to, to get more out of their careers, and we have a nice shared discussion. But here's the thing. That's every Monday, which means sometimes we have stuff going on, and I have to excuse myself and go and do this call. We miss a couple of calls once in a while if something important's going on or if I'm speaking at a conference, but I'm committed to that group. And the other night, uh, my daughter was home late after rehearsal from a play, and so we weren't eating dinner until eight o'clock, and I had to go take the call. And I thought my wife was gonna be angry, and you know what she said? Hey, you've got your group coaching program. Get in there and get on the thing. Now, I'm sure she would have rather I sat down and ate the delicious dinner that she cooked with her and with our daughter. However, She's really supportive of the fact that these are what I do. These are the things that I do in my business, and it's important to me, and therefore, it's important to her. And so with this milestone, I just wanted to say thank you. The last milestone I want to talk about is directly related to my career, and that is on April 1st, I hit a milestone of working for myself full-time for eight years. Now, I started my career as a speaker while I still had a full-time job. And I would do it on the side and maybe I would speak to a few rotary clubs for free or maybe I'd even get paid to go in and do like a sales training or a team meeting for a company who knew that I had this skill and this was something that I did, but I still had full-time employment. But we all remember what happened eight and nine years ago and that was the Great Recession. And as things started to get bumpier in the economy, Things weren't as steady, and especially if you were working for a services company, and I was working for a consulting firm at the time, and I wasn't uh, an hourly, I wasn't somebody who billed by the hour. Instead, I was a cost center. I was the director of marketing, which meant that when times got really tough and there was mass layoffs, marketing was the last thing that the owner of the company needed to do. Her goal was to save the company, which meant she had to downsize by nearly 50%, and that took out a lot of personnel, including me as the director of marketing. And so it was April 1st, 2009, when I sort of got pushed out of the nest and I decided I would go and pursue this effort to become a professional speaker. And that led to being a master of ceremonies and to doing coaching and consulting, and now to hosting this podcast. And the truth is, while that was my dream and I was hoping to get to that level, I don't know if the economy had continued to boom along if I ever would have had the guts to walk away from that corporate salary. I worked for a great company, I really respected the woman that I worked for, and I don't know if I would have had the guts inside of me to just leap. I may have just kept trying to have my foot in both worlds. So eight years ago, I got pushed out. Now most people fail in the first two or three years when they try to open their own business and do their own thing. So to reach that eight-year milestone is really a big deal, and now I can see 10 years of working for myself just ahead of me. I mean, it's not very far till I hit that 10 year mark. And that to me is a really big deal. If I can support my family, you know, pay for us to be able to go on a vacation every now and then and cover the cost of college at these ridiculously priced private schools, uh, then I did something right. And so it's a milestone just to get this far to be able to say for eight years, I've been responsible for my own path in the world now I know a lot of you who listen to this show that's why you listen to this show you want to do your own thing or maybe you're just starting your own thing and you're trying to get inspired and have ideas I want to tell you you can do this if you want to work for yourself if you want to create something if you want to be an entrepreneur You just have to do it one step at a time and you have to set goals and you have to see those milestones coming your way. And when you cross them, embrace them. I am really proud of this eight-year mark, just like I'm proud of 250 episodes, just like I'm proud of 25 years of marriage and all the other milestones that I continue to hit along the way. I gotta tell you, if you're listening to this episode and you're someone who really is driven to figure out your own path, I want you to take a deep breath and I want you to know that if I can do it, You can do it because here's the deal. There's nothing special about me. I don't have, you know, some huge, you know, pot of money behind me. I don't. I, you know, like everybody else in this world, you know, I support a family. We live a nice life. I've got some money put away for retirement, but I don't have yachts. We're not hanging out in the Riviera. It's a life that we're creating. You know, I would love to make more money. But the reality is, is my responsibility is to make sure that I'm living the lifestyle for my my wife and my kids that that we've decided on reaching. And I did it. I've done it for eight years. And so if this is something that you want to do, I want to tell you, you can do it. And if you're saying, yeah, he's Tom is talking directly to me. This is why I created the potential project. For you who've listened to the show for a long time, I used to call it the Cool Things Project because the members who've joined are people who listen to cool things entrepreneurs do. But as I've gotten into this new phase of my career and the the research that I'm doing on people and their potential and all the studies that I'm reading that have already been done out there on potential, I've created a new program called the paradox of potential, because potential does not equal results. Every single one of you out there has the potential to do whatever it is you wanna do, but it doesn't mean you're gonna reach the results. And so I've created this group coaching program so that we can talk about it, because I will tell you, I never could have reached this milestone of eight years of working for myself if I didn't have the right group of people around me. I'm very fortunate. I got really involved with the National Speakers Association and I met some great people who were really willing to open doors for me and help things happen. In addition to that, I got invited to be part of a mastermind group and and the other, I've talked about this on the show before, the mastermind group that I belong to, those three other speakers, they've become like my siblings. I mean, I talk to them on a weekly basis. They know the ins and outs of my business and my life. I know the ins and outs of their business and and their life and I couldn't have continued along the path without their support. But then this group coaching program came along because not everybody has that group around them that's supporting them. I have, I have another friend who, who is my business partner for New Year Publishing who basically helped me start that company so I could publish a book. And somebody said to me the other day, who has a friend who forms a company to help someone else live their dream? I do. And you can too. And if you don't have those types of friends now, you need to get around people who are going to have a long-term and mutually beneficial relationship with you as part of your support system. And so that's why I started, that's why I started the Cool Things Project that's now called the Potential Project because you have potential and you can do cool things, but I don't think you can do it alone. And if you don't feel you have that support, you've got to get it somewhere. So go out and start a mastermind group, go out and join some sort of an association that you can get that support or join mine or someone else's because there are a ton of these group coaching programs, but I really believe in them. I actually recently have joined another one because I wanted to get inspired and I wanted to make my program better. And the only way I could do that is I needed to get a coach. I'm really scared of coaches who don't ever have coaches. So I wanted to find out and get that experience. And I think that over the next couple of months, this program is going to get even better than it's been. I think it's going to be really enlightening. So if you're thinking about it, now is the time to join. Feel free to send me an email at Tom, T-H-O-M at TomSinger.com. And we'll set up a 15 or 30 minute call and we will go over you know, what, what's holding you back? What you want to accomplish? We'll find out if it's the right fit for you. So reach out to me and just put potential project. And if you're interested, let me answer your questions. If it's not the right fit, totally cool. We got to have a 20-minute phone conversation and we'll just have some fun and we'll laugh. So anyway, today... I wanted to celebrate milestones. This week I had three really big milestones with the eight years on my own in business, the 25th wedding anniversary, and 250 episodes of cool things entrepreneurs do. So thank you so much for listening and celebrating these milestones with me. Now, if you like this show, if you listen, if you like the interviews, do me a favor, jump over to iTunes and leave a review. It's not that hard. And it really does make a difference, and it lets me know what resonates with you. The other thing is follow us on Twitter, at Cool Podcast. And finally, if you really like the show, help promote it. Tell your friends. If you've got that entrepreneurial spirit inside of you, you can't just save it to promote yourself. Promote a ton of other people. Let people know who are the shows that you listen to, who are the people that you like, who do you admire. Talk them up and more things will come your way. I'm not saying you have to talk up me, but it would be really cool. But I'm just saying so many people, when I read their social media, all they ever talk about is themselves. You've got to make sure that you're promoting other people and letting other people know what is out there that you find cool. And if you think this show is cool, share it because that just helps our community grow and get bigger. Anyway, thank you so much for tuning in. We're going to be back in a couple of days. And I always say, we're going to be back in a couple of days with an interview with somebody really cool. Episode 251 is with Don Osman. Now, you said Don Osman? Did you mean Donnie Osman? No, not Donnie Osman. Don Osman. Now, Don Osmond happens to be the son of Donny Osmond. So I have my uh, uh, an interview, not with somebody necessarily famous, but with the son of somebody famous. I actually saw Don and his father, Donny, speak on a panel at South by Southwest. And Don was the moderator of the panel. And he talked about storytelling and about marketing and about how you put your story out there. And I just thought he did a really good job. And as it turns out, he lives in Austin, Texas. He lives about four miles away from me. And so I reached out to him and I said, would you like to be on the show? And he said yes And we had a delightful conversation So if you've listened to episode 250 Fasten your seatbelt Because in about four days Next Tuesday You want to make sure That you're listening to 251 When we have Don Osmond And we talk about story and marketing And his path to success So we are going to be back in a couple of days With an interview with somebody really cool But in the meantime I'm going to challenge you Go out there and have a great day